The Daily Tap is live for Tuesday. We're going to talk about the Josh Hader ridiculousness, uh, the trade talks for Josh Hader, I guess, the local media running with it, everything about it. We'll talk about that and much more. We'll also do some Craig Council conspiracy theories. Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback in all the NFL and that will be today's show. No, no Chuck's Corner, nothing like I was going to do a tap list of reality television, but I'm going to give my wife a chance to also come on the show. And if she wants to come on the show and talk top reality shows, we can have her on. But I will give her that option. She has a own thing, Date Night MKE, that you could go follow. Um, I She has more followers than I do on Instagram which is a good time to tell you why not follow Time in the Kick Sports. You probably already do, but maybe you know somebody. Share our stuff. Share our reels. We do try to do like a reel a day at least, if not two or three. Uh, I'm hoping to actually get some more content done than I usually do ahead of time, which is very rare, uh, but it's much needed. So hopefully I can do that. That would be great because it's not easy, man. It's like blogging, but it's with your videos and your voice and making sure you're posting it at the right time. And if you don't, it sucks. And the whole, whole thing, timely, all that other shit. But whatever, I digress. Follow us there. Also follow us on Twitter, tapping the keg, tapping the keg sports on TikTok, as well as Facebook. Uh, we're everywhere that you need to be. You also know the deal when it comes to rating and reviewing with the podcast. Um, this, those reviews have been stuck. Those I don't see a lot. I say it enough. I'd think like, there's enough of you listening that you couldn't just pop in and give me a review real quick or give me a rating real quick. Like that would be great. Um, it'd be really helpful. Continue to spread the word. Continue to share when you can. Tell people about us. Um, Shan just sent me a note about something QR code wise, so stay tuned there. Um, I have to figure out what that means for us. But regardless, it uh, should be fun. I've already said regardless twice in two minutes. So maybe I'm going for a record. Who knows? But let's talk about Josh Hader and the Milwaukee Brewers. So I was going to do kind of an evergreen topic today um, because there won't be a show uh, tomorrow. So I was like, well, I'll do something a little more evergreen so that it gives people a couple days to chew on. But this Josh Hader story is kind of blowing up, uh, to be say the least. Uh, Bob Nightingale, who is a misinformation king when it comes to the major, major League Baseball, put something out there in a trade column, basically, of things he's hearing, rumors, whispers that are going on. Nightingale basically says that the Brewers are listening to on uh, deals for Josh Hader. They're probably not going to do anything. They're not active, but they will listen if a deal comes across their desk. Now, your boy, if he was smart, was going to do a trade value column with the Milwaukee Brewers, a la Bill Simmons, what Bill Simmons just did for the NBA. I kind of talked about it, I think, in a couple shows. I never got off my ass to do that. But Hader would have been kind of in that category of, yeah, we're not going to hang up the phone and we'll listen to what you have to say because... Josh Hader has a year and a half left on his deal. You don't usually pay relievers a absurd amount of money. I think that was another topic that I had that I, I never did. And you're like, Charlie, why don't topics get made? Well, if we want to get into the sausage of it all, sometimes you just, other things come up and you're just, or you just forget, right? And you just are like, oh, I moved on to this. Like I, I picked a new toy and want to talk about that instead. But I did wonder if Hader was a unicorn. I was like, well, is this guy a unicorn? Is this guy going to be something that is a little bit different than any other reliever? And maybe the Brewers should just pay him and say, fuck it. Because a reliever, this is not a dime a dozen reliever. But then the emergence of Devin Williams and everything else. And now I'm like, all right, well, 
I think it makes sense to move Josh Hader at the end of the season. And the Brewers start with Devin Williams as their closer. Maybe get a guy who has closing experience in the eighth inning. I would not qualify Brad Boxberger for that. I just think he's better suited in the seventh. I, and then the Brewers have their back end rotate back end bullpen still sort of intact in case Williams can't live up to the pressure of replicating Josh Hader, which is a very tough task to do. But this idea that Josh Hader should be considered during the regular season is absolutely fucking ridiculous. It just is. It absolutely is. Uh, the Brewers have said this about Hader in the past. This is not a new story. I think you can find Rosenthal columns from 2019 where the Brewers were listening on Hader. I, 2017 be too, too early. But 2019 for sure, the Brewers had a similar sort of feel here. And I understand that the local media needs topics like they need air to breathe right now because it is the dog days of summer. We're taking a day off because it's just really tough to grind out five days of content. I get that. But at the same point, to act like the Brewers are going to trade their closer and they are nine games over 500, shout out to Mitch for the autocorrect there. I had it at 11 yesterday, is absolutely absurd. That is loser mentality. That is little brother bullshit. That to me should not happen anywhere. I don't care if you need topics. And it kind of proves, and this is going to sound cocky, this is going to sound arrogant, but it proves to me why I do so much better than these people in terms of coming up with topics, having creativity, not giving you the same run-of-the-mill bullshit that you listen to on your local radio shows. Okay? So the fact is, is that Josh Hader should not necessarily should not even be talked about to be traded. If the Brewers were 500, if the Brewers were hovering around a playoff spot, yes, let's get it. All the options on the table. Who, who has the best options available? All sorts of different topics. But the Brewers should not be talking about trading Josh Hader. Absolutely fucking not. I am assuming that somebody told Nightingale this who wants the Brewers to make Hader available, who wants to hope that Hader is potentially on the market. And could they get suitors? Of course. He's the best reliever in baseball. Of course there would be teams that would be knocking down the door to get Josh Hader. That said, the Brewers should not succumb to a loser mentality unless things go absolutely off the rails. But even then... It's hard for me to get there because the NL Central is probably going to take 89, 90 games to win. And even if the Brewers have another bad month and July is a complete shit show, just like June, it's not to say that August can't come through and have a big month and then September too, and the Brewers are right back in playoff position. Sure, they might not have a shot at the wild card, but there is tangible belief to think that they can't get to the playoffs with the Cardinals because the Cardinals aren't very good. I said it the other day, the Cardinals are overrated. Now they had a nice game against the Phillies last night, but at the same time, I do not think St. Louis is better than an 85 win team. And I think the Brewers are better than the Cardinals. So that's why it kind of hurts my heart to hear so many Brewer fans even consider this or even think, well, if we suck down the stretch, we should trade our guys away. I do think that a shakeup is needed for the Brewers. I just don't know what that is. The Brewers keep things pretty tight-lipped, all right? Similar to the Packers, similar to the Bucks. We don't really know what's going on there. In the new age of media, we do not get the same stories 
that we did 20 to 30 years ago. These people are not, the Brewers front office is not having drinks with the beat writers from the Journal Sentinel, okay? That's just not happening. So we don't get some of those in-depth stories. It's not just about drinking, but it's about just the access. The access just isn't there. And so I do think that there is something going on with the Brewers. And we're going to talk about that here in a second with the Council of Conspiracy Theories. I do think something sticks. You don't just go four and six against the Pirates, Cubs, and Pirates and not wonder if something's wrong. And what is that thing? Is there friction between Council and the front office? Is there something else that needs to be addressed? Are the players, you know, just not are tuning out Craig Council? Craig Council has been a manager for a long time here. He's one of the longest tenured managers right now in baseball. Sometimes that stuff happens and you have to kind of navigate it. You have to find new players that are going to listen, that are going to keep their approach the way that their manager wants it to be and the front office for that for that matter. Is Josh Hader one of those? I had a buddy who was like, well, Josh Hader hasn't, you know, been on good terms with the organization for a couple of years now because he refuses to pitch multiple innings because in arbitration they said they're not going to give him his money because he's not a closer. First of all, from my understanding about baseball arbitration, it's a very messy thing. You don't want to go to arbitration because basically the team explains why they're paying you this much. The player says why he's worth this much. Things get said. It gets testy. I don't have any reason to believe that Josh Hader doesn't want to be a brewer. I don't think that Josh Hader is trying to force his way out of Milwaukee by any means. Like, I don't think he's pulling like Kevin Durant, right? I think that Josh Hader knows the butter, the bread is made being a closer, right? It's a similar conversation to like Elton Jenkins, for example, just to cross over to the Packers. Elton Jenkins is not going to get paid the same way as a guard that he will as a tackle. Elton Jenkins will get so much more money as a right tackle than he will as a guard. This is the exact same for Hader. We do not see a lot of pitchers that go multiple innings as closers. It just does not happen. So while I can appreciate the thought on that theory, I think that's kind of a bunk one. I don't believe that for a second. I don't think there's any friction between the Brewers and Hader. I don't think Hader is the poison pill here. I think that the Brewers should explore deals for Hader this offseason, see what they can get, see if teams need a closer, take advantage of maybe those playoff teams who are really struggling in terms of closing baseball games. Most notably, at this point, the San Diego Padres, right? The Padres nearly blew a game tonight, cost me the run line, thanks a lot. But they, Taylor Rogers is a mess. They don't really have a closer. Emilio Pagan was supposed to be that closer. They traded him away. They've had real problems in terms of their bullpen. A.J. Preller's a madman. The Brewers and Padres have done business. Padres have a lot of young talent, especially a pitcher, where you could maybe upgrade your pitching staff and try to see about C.J. Abrams and see if C.J. Abrams is available. 21 years old, extremely talented. I think C.J. Abrams would need to be in that deal for Josh Hader. And C.J. plays second base. He replaces Colton Long, who I believe is a free agent after this year. And then there you go. And then you have a young infield of Abrams, Urias, and Adonis. It's like, who am I missing? The double A, right? Double A defense. Kind of like that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's a real chance, right? That's a great example of a team who needs a closer. Boston Red Sox are another team, right? They desperately need a closer. They have a very talented center fielder who's major league ready in Jaron Durant, who's 
fast as fuck, plays pretty good defense, is starting in the big leagues right now. I don't know if they want to trade Jaron Duran, but I think that has to be in the deal for Josh Hader. I think Byron Bellow might need to be in a deal. Now, he's struggled to start his career in baseball, but that'll happen, right? The Red Sox have a lot of talented prospects. Everyone always was weary about trading with the Red Sox with Theo, but I think it's a little bit different this time. Hater, by the way, if he went to Boston, would get so much shit because of all the racist stuff in the past, and which is bullshit, but that would happen because Boston just has that reputation, unfortunately. I was like, oh, I'm perfect for Boston, all that crap. But besides the point, Devin Williams is ready to be a closer, right? Devin Williams is ready to be a closer, and so trading Hater this offseason would be perfectly fine with, I think, all of us. I think every one of us looks at it and says, Josh Hader should be traded this offseason. Now, the zag is he's a unicorn. You're never going to get a pitcher as good as Josh Hader. But I, I really do believe that that is the way to go. If the Brewers do, in fact, bottom out here and it gets really bad, like a, let's just say a 9 or 10 game losing streak, and it really looks like the Brewers are not going to make the playoffs or they have to climb a hill to get up, then just blow it up. Like for this year, just this year, okay? I'm not saying like blow it up altogether, but I'm saying like, all right, start exploring other options. Trade Colton Long, trade Omar Nervais, maybe trade Roddy Telez. I don't know. You know, look at other guys to deal and look at other guys to move if that's going to be the case. Because getting rid of Josh Hader would say you gave up on the season. So you might as well give up, okay? You shouldn't just pussyfoot around it. Give up, actually. Don't fucking say, all right, we're going to trade Hader, but we're also going to still try to make the playoffs. That would make no fucking sense at all. So yes, the Josh Hader discussion needs to be had because one writer who does his thing when it comes to the misinformation of baseball put it out there in the world. So we needed to talk about it. But that said, like most things, Nightingale is completely wrong. And I don't see a way that Josh Hader gets traded unless the Brewers completely fall apart in the month of July. Speaking of which, uh, there are some Craig Council conspiracy theories out there. My buddy, Dan Mach, uh, had something when we were talking about Hader because I had a tweet about, you know, I would not trade Hader this season. Absolutely fucking not. But I would in the offseason. Definitely have a conversation. And the discussion went on. Good little discourse here. And Dan was like, this might be a crazy fan theory, but I do wonder if some of the stuff Council's doing is intentional to sort of send a message. Well, during that time, and it would be hard to see because Dan's Dan's a locked account, uh, but Wisconsin sports heroics writer raised the same question. If Craig is fed up with the team and if Craig is sort of looking at this like, like ready to shake things up and change change things around and do things a little bit differently. There are multiple examples of this. First of all, the lineup on Sunday was not great. It was a lineup missing a lot of starters and you're trying to win a series. The Brewers benched a lot of their key players. That's number one. Number two, putting Chichi Gonzalez in, in the ninth inning. Chichi Gonzalez's problems this year have been the first inning. So Chichi Gonzalez comes out a week off and gives up a home run to Dan Vogelbach and essentially costs the Brewers the game. He also kept Jason Alexander out as the Brewers were playing bad defense, almost like it seemed like he was punishing the Brewers for having another inning with a ground ball pitcher. Now, all of this could be complete bullshit and none of it is actually true, 
But it's been a little bit odd. This whole week was a little bit weird. And so going back to my earlier point about does something stink here, you have to wonder a little bit, right? You have to have sort of this radar, I guess, your ears perked up that maybe the Brewers are not necessarily there from a team chemistry perspective, that they're not having that much fun, even with the bell, even with the infinity stone. Maybe it's a little bit too much. Maybe the lack of focus is actually a thing. I talked about it yesterday, but I, I do think like there is something going on with the Brewers. And so whether they need a closed door meeting, which was suggested suggested in a post-game show yesterday, or the Brewers just need to come together a little bit and the Brewers need to dial it in, especially when they're at home. And maybe there's a problem with that. And maybe they are just worried about way too many things when they're in the city of Milwaukee. The Brewers are 21 and 19. They are much better on the road. They have been much more comfortable on the road. You have to explore why that is. Now, my dad, uh, being that he's like an old man, like he's in his late 60s, he always is like, the wives are bothering him, the kids are bothering him, the girlfriends are bothering him, and that's why. They have no, no time to focus, and they're worried about all this other shit. Now, you could say, well, that's a very sexist comment. Let's ignore him. He's a boomer, right? He can have those comments. I don't really call it sexist. Rather, I just I think it's a realistic take. You have a lot more shit to worry about. I don't think it helps Christian Yelich that his brother is very active in the Milwaukee streets, running around with Adam Pallick, probably the most famous chef right now in the city of Milwaukee, and a guy who goes out a lot and is out in the nightclub scene. Like I don't think that helps Christian Yelich to have his brother basically be fucking Johnny Drama of Milwaukee. Like I, that, Who does that help? I don't think that helps Christian Yelich. And I just think... That, yeah, that's one one thing to worry about. A lot of these guys have kids. Josh Hader just had, had a new child. And his struggles as that's tied to having a new baby at home. Fucking with your sleep schedule a little bit. Will this same Josh Hader look that way over the, the games against Minnesota and San Francisco? So maybe Council's frustrations are that the team looks so much different when they're at home versus when they're on the road. And how do you replicate that? And maybe that's a challenge that council sees for the front office and for the team on the field. And we'll know pretty quickly, I think, if council did send a message. Because we'll see if a deal gets done before the All-Star break. The Brewers have done this before. goes back to 2008 with CeCe Sabathia. But the Brewers have not been afraid to make a deal before the All-Star break. Think maybe the Mike Moustakis deal. Can't remember is Mike Moustakis deal right after the All-Star break or right before? It was a Saturday night, I remember. I was out. I was at the garage. Weirdly, I can remember that. I can remember that, but I'll like forget something my wife's asked me about six times. But I'll remember that I was at the garage uh, for the Mike Moustakis trade. And, but I, I cannot put my finger on if it was before the, dead, before the deadline or right after the deadline. But I know it was in mid-July. But regardless, the Brewers are never afraid to make a move at any point. And maybe this was Council saying, fuck you guys, I'm done with this lineup. I need some more help. And we'll see if those cries are answered. And we'll see if we get a more focused baseball team. They have Jason Alexander again on the mound Tuesday. Alexander, ground ball pitcher, the defense needs to be a lot better. Now the thing with the Twins is you can never say die with them because 
the Twins have the worst bullpen in baseball. And they are always susceptible to giving up runs in late innings. So hopefully that can be the case for the Brew Crew on Tuesday as well as Wednesday night and start this road trip off right. Had some success in a two-game series against a uh, contending AL team in Tampa Bay a few weeks ago. Hopefully it, the same happens for the Brewers. Although I always feel like Target Field is not a place the Brewers tend to play all that well. Although I think, I can't remember they won two games last year. I remember they won that absolutely crazy late-inning game, but that's the only one I can remember. So I don't know if they won multiple at Target Field. Lastly, before we ride out here, Aaron Rodgers is the number one quarterback in all of football. Jeremy Fowler does this every year. It's great content for people like me, but as well as just informing NFL fans that where people see different positional spots. And for the quarterbacks, Aaron Rodgers is number one. Aaron Rodgers deserves that spot. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football. He has the belt. And it is not all about playoffs, all right? I understand that everybody wants to look at the rings. Everyone talks about who's the GOAT. We know Tom Brady has that debate on luck. Like that is Tom Brady's until he says otherwise. Until Tom looks like the the villain in Stranger Things. Like until Tom looks that way, he has that on lock, all right? But when you talk about overall talent and you talk about what they've done in the last couple of years, no one has been more consistent than Aaron Rodgers. He is a back-to-back MVP for a reason. He has looked that way. He has looked the part. And the reason why Aaron Rodgers won MVP last year was because he was the only one that consistently played good quarterback throughout the entire year. Every other guy that's on that list had blips on the radar. We were like, I don't know. And the Rodgers and the Packers just kept winning. And now Aaron Rodgers will do it without Devontae Adams. And I think he will be able to do it. And if Rodgers puts up absurd numbers and he's contending again with the league leaders, there will be another MVP case for Aaron Rodgers. Because the same people who've been critical of the Packers not having enough weapons this offseason will now come back and say, well, look at all the stuff Aaron Rodgers is doing without Devontae Adams. He doesn't need Devontae Adams. He's doing this without a true number one. And he he has better numbers than Mahomes. He has better numbers than Josh Allen, whatever it may be. Now, I do think these guys get fatigued. I do think that they want to start anointing some of the new greats, if you will. Like, if I... I'm sure this bet probably exists on one of the sports books because they have so many wild fucking bets. But I would take like plus 600, plus 700 odds on Allen, Herbert, or Joe Burrow as MVP next year. That would be my uh, safe bet because I do think that the NFL wants to transition to the new age of quarterbacks. I think Burrow getting to the Super Bowl was a big lift for them. I think there is a hope from the NFL. If you were to have drinks with Roger Goodell and you're like, hey, best case scenario, how does this season end up? He would say it's the Chargers and the Bills in the AFC Championship game with, trying to think there's a good example on the NFC side. There really isn't a good, maybe Kyler Murray versus Aaron Rodgers on the other side. And that there's a chance that one of those young quarterbacks will get ushered into yet another Super Bowl. I think that would be the goal, right? Or if Buffalo could finally get their Super Bowl. 
I love Buffalo. Buffalo is one of my favorite teams. I love Josh Allen. I've had him on fantasy the last two years. I, I really enjoy Josh Allen. And it's mostly because of fantasy football. But that said, I think there is a lot of smoke on that Bills team. And I think the expectations for Josh Allen are humongous. And I'm almost to a point where I might take the Bills under. Because I just wonder, is it too much? And the AFC East, I think, is going to be better. I think the Patriots will be all right. I think the New York Jets are going to be a little bit better with Milfman or Milf Hunter, however you want to describe it. I think the Miami Dolphins will be improved. So I, I just see a tougher division, which might make things difficult on the Bills. I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know what their over-under is at right now, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills don't win 12 games, right? Bills win 11. Like, that doesn't that doesn't shock me. That would not shock me in the slightest. So we'll see. But that's a side tangent to Aaron Rodgers and being the best quarterback. He excels where some of the young guys don't. Every young guy right now has a flaw. Mahomes had some real issues last year. Mahomes is like two years away from getting deemed the next Aaron Rodgers. And being a guy who's won one early in his career and has not been able to replicate that. My cousin who lives in Wichita, who's a huge Chiefs fan, shout out Ben, has said that it already has begun. Like that that discussion, that discourse is already there. I don't know if, how I feel about that. I haven't really seen it nationally. I feel it's a little biased from Cousin Ben, but still I, I, I can see it, right? I think Josh Allen will slowly become the best who's the best who doesn't have a ring and who hasn't got to a Super Bowl. I think that discussion will start to ramp up. It's hard for me to look at Justin Herbert as a top guy if he doesn't get to the playoffs. Like Justin Herbert has to get to the playoffs. There is no way that Justin Herbert can't get to the playoffs this year. If Justin Herbert doesn't, then you have to rethink how you feel about Justin Herbert, in my opinion. I know the NFC West is really tough. I don't want to fucking hear it. I really don't. I I think that's just kind of how it has to go. Joe Burrow, obviously, I think Burrow has another good year in him. Russell Wilson in Denver, um, I think that would be another dream matchup is Wilson Rodgers one more time in the Super Bowl. Uh, Russell Wilson with a new team, I'm very curious on Russell Wilson. If anyone, there's a couple nitpicks on this list, and I would say Stafford is a little too high, and I think that's that's elevated because of the Super Bowl. And I think Burrow gets a little bit of that. And Wilson getting the new team, I don't think he's top 10 without the Seahawks. Or on the Seahawks, I definitely don't think so. Deshaun Watson at nine is makes no sense to me. Dak Prescott at ten, I don't know. I I understand the Lamar Jackson stuff. I'll just put it that way. Like I understand why people would be mad that Lamar Jackson is not a top ten quarterback. I think Warren Sharp's a little bit over the top about it, but that's what Warren Sharp does. Guy hunts retweets more than thirsty thoughts that are trying to promote their OnlyFans on, on Twitter. Like seriously, like it's that's just who Warren Sharp is. I think he works for Baltimore. That's besides the point. But anyways, I do agree that that list is a little flawed. Still, Aaron Rodgers deserves to have the crown with Mahomes and Allen chasing after him. And Tom Brady being right there as a potential perpetual thorn in Aaron Rodgers' side. But don't forget that if David Bakhtiari was healthy against the Buccaneers, the Packers would be in that Super Bowl and the Packers would have won the Super Bowl. And that's something that can't be ignored. We can't ignore that they would have been a Super Bowl team with a healthy David Bakhtiari. And that is something I I can never forget. I will never lose sight of it. Um, There was a thing about the 
what's the worst Packer loss. And I did a Heartbreak Index podcast for the state of Wisconsin and Georgia before the Hawks and the Packer or Hawks and the Bucks series, excuse me. But I have a really cool idea. I, it sprung today, uh, something Mitch Murph and I will do. I haven't told Murph yet that we're doing this, uh, but I think he'll be in when I tell him. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a fun thing. It'll take me some time. I'm going to have to actually spend time and do it, but I can't, I don't want to back out of this one. Now it's granted something I don't have to do this summer. Can definitely do it next summer. Um, it's going to just take a little bit of research on my end and prepare some notes for the boys, but that's okay. Um, I'm excited for it. Uh, maybe it'll happen in August. Maybe it won't. Um, that serves to you as a tease. So that does it for today's show. Sorry I don't have anything Chuck's Corner-wise. Didn't have really an exciting day. Didn't Nothing came across the wire. Uh, like I said, I was going to do a tap list of reality shows because I watched The Bachelor Rap today. And I was like, well, I should save that if my wife wants to come on. And we could just go through our both of our top five reality television shows because I think that would be fun. And she, I don't know if she ever wants to come on the podcast. Like She never has openly asked me. But at the same time, I've never shut the door on it. I've never been like, hey, no, you can't do this. I will say for The Bachelorette, first one I've watched in a while. Uh, I We were off the Bachelor Nation train for a little bit, my wife and I. Uh, but we got back on. We walked the dog today and we were like, all right, let's just turn it on and see what happens. It's unique. There's two women uh, that are there. Uh, Gabby and what's the other one's name? Rachel. Rachel, much more attractive than Gabby. All right. Like just flat out. They, she is a better looking girl. I guess that Gabby is very popular in the internet communities, uh, so I should probably say that lightly, but I'm sorry. Uh, Rachel is definitely hotter. Gabby is sort of that fun girl that you like, you settle for, right? Like, it's like, oh, I can't get the hot girl tonight, so I'll settle for Gabby. That's how I feel, all right? That's, that's a little mean, but that's just how I feel, all right? And it's going to be a complete shit show of a season. So I, I'm at least intrigued. It was a little bit boring. Like I watched the end of the Bucks Summer League game, which was an absolute fucking nightmare. Um, not sure if you guys caught that. No need to spend time on it or energy. But it was, I mean, just a complete shit show from the referees there. Probably at the Celtics money line. Uh, definitely thought there was a some payments that went in hand. You have to check their bank accounts, please. But anyways, so I was kind of tuned out through a little bit of it. But like as they get into it, that's usually when I like the Bachelorette when kind of filter out the, the pretenders like the brewers and the rays of the world get out and then you just have like the dodgers and the mets and the yankees and the red Sox kind of in it because that's when the drama starts and that's when it gets really crazy but now you have two girls and you have men who are all indecisive like it, a lot of us just cannot make a fucking decision especially if we're between two girls if we like two girls and we have to decide between that. That's that's awful. That no one wants to make that decision. If does it feel good? Yeah, sure. You feel feel amazing. But that's just putting a lot of a lot of decisions in guys who are completely untrustworthy. So there will be a lot of tears. There's a, the previews look strong. You can always tell how good a season will be on the on this season of when you get a good one of those and you're like fuck yes. We're in it. Uh, you, you're you all good, man. And that's something I think you got from the Bachelorette here. So that was a little bit of Bachelorette talk. So we did have a Chuck's Corner. We did have a Chuck's Corner. I didn't let you guys down. 
Have a good Tuesday. We will not be back tomorrow, so no show Wednesday. Um, if something crazy were to happen and there's a reason they need to come on the podcast, I'll come on, I'll strap the boots on, and get you guys another show tomorrow. But we will have Wednesday off, no show, and I'll be back Thursday. We'll recap Brewers Twins, the whole series. We'll talk about, you know, who I'm sure a lot of those follower lists will keep coming out. We'll talk about them. We'll diagnose them. And who knows what else? Um, I try to try work on some tap list ideas. I need to come up with a few because I always feel like I'm a, like a dollar short on those and I need need to be better and want to keep these segments going. And I know that what I've learned from listening to like part of my take, who I look up to, obviously, they talk about how important segments are and how segments will can stick an audience. So I think you guys like this stuff. Um, if you don't, tell me. Like you're like this. This shit stinks. Uh, I will scrap it and look for something else. Uh, I enjoy properly rated, overrated, underrated. It's a little cliche, but it's good too. All right. Take care. Have a good Tuesday. We'll be back Thursday, barring any craziness. All right. See ya. Bye.